We'd always said we didn't want it to use any kind of pesticides or insecticides on our property at Longleaf Breeze. But when I saw that mouse scurrying across the storage room shelving, I thought it might be time to call in the pest control people. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to this program 004. Which, and our focus today is on our third principle, which is that we don't make allness statements. I guess this grows out of yours and my recognition that although we have the best of intentions and we admire people who are able to make statements that they will never do this or they will always do that, you and I have never felt really excited about that kind of commitment and therefore we are saying intentionally, we're not going to say now what we will or won't do. Right. I don't think we know enough about what we're getting into. For example, the whole thing about mice running around. I've never lived anywhere, well, let's face it, I've never lived out in the country uh, that I've had to deal with rodents. And much of my life I had a cat anyway. Um, Now we don't have a kitten, we don't have a cat or any plans to get one because we have some allergies in the family. Um, And if it were an outdoor cat, that would be great. However, um, yes, just yesterday we saw a little kitten running out in the road and I told Lee, I, I, I'm horrified to think of any pet of mine getting out. Again, I won't make all the statements about that either, but I don't want to think about a cat that might be outside vulnerable to predators. We know we have coyotes, for example, around um, and traffic. So it just seems to us maybe the most humane thing to do is actually to Um, to use some sort of artificial (laughs) means of controlling the mice. So we have had lots of time this last week with the folks from SWAT Pest Control who not only have treated our barn for uh, mice and ants and roaches, but we also had a, a conversation with them about termites. That's right. We, uh, we found out that we actually should have pre-treated the slab of the barn before we built the structure. And if you it. remember, we told you from the beginning, when we mess up, we'll tell you about the mistakes we have made, and this is a biggie. Why don't you talk a little bit about the slab? Um, what has to happen to it. Well, as you were saying, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, what we clearly should have done is pre-treat our concrete slab for termites. That would have cost us about $400. Right. Uh, Maybe a little over $400 to to do what we needed to do. And uh, no one told us to do that. We didn't ask the, the right questions and determine that we needed to do that. So here, after the slab is poured and the barn is built, we learned that we need to have it treated for termites. Well, getting it treated at this point is a much more complex process, takes a lot of drilling holes in the concrete and uh, pumping of chemicals into crevices and so forth. So we figure we left about $700 on the table when we neglected to do that at the right time. So if you're in the process of building some structure that has a concrete slab, just know that if you're smart, you'll get it treated for termites before you pour that concrete. And we've learned this lesson so that if we ever are fortunate enough to build our house, 
We will pre-treat. Don't you worry. We'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but anyway. back to the allness statements. I guess uh, I have read and you have read about people who say, for example, I'm, go- I'm only going to eat food that I obtain within the state of Alabama. I'm thinking of that uh, Eating Alabama group up near Tuscaloosa. You admire them. I mean, that's so inspiring to see that kind of commitment. That's not where you and I are. We've not felt a need to say that kind of... um, Right. We don't have enough experience. And if we had been basing our survival on our garden this fall, with those little knowledges we had about the damage that deer and other animals could do to it, we would probably be starving right now. Unless we could have shot one of those deer when they were coming. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, hunting season's still a ways away, so or at least gun hunting season. Um, It is bow season right now. And I guess we make the same um, sort of we don't make allness statements um, kind of commitment when we talk about traveling across the country to see our children or about using a well pump that uses a lot of electricity. Those are things we know probably are not long-term winners. Eventually we will stop doing those kinds of things. But for right now, I am married to a woman who has the spiritual gift of hospitality. And I think for you, very naturally, it's all about making a home that is welcoming to the people you love. That's right. I, I want it to be that way. So uh, we've we've compromised on this one principle, but we think in the long run, because we might be cutting down on the possibility of structural damage to our property, um, disease and that sort of thing carried by mice, we just we, we think it's a safer, cleaner place to be. And the other thing, it's in it's an economic reality in this day and age that we do not want to do anything that would lock us in so that if we had to, God forbid, sell that property, we couldn't do it. And if we don't have a termite bond on that structure, we can't sell it probably, or we would be compromised in doing so. So, You know, that's a good point. You and I talked about that, and that is worth repeating, that um, you can make all the commitments you want to about your own intentions and so forth, but the market says you need to have a termite bond. That's right. So uh, we'll more more updates on that as we come along. But we're very pleased with the, the people who worked for us. That was SWAT Pest Control in Elmore County. We thought they did a great job, very personable, easy to work with, reasonably priced. So I highly recommend them. And um, I guess one other thought, although we make these, we don't make allness statements about um, a lot of the things we're doing, so far, we have managed to stay completely chemical-free in the food-growing yes. aspect of our lives. And, and I, I know you and I both certainly hope we can continue to do that. Right. We plan to, even though we're not making all the statements, but we do plan to. And uh, we talked to the people as they were spraying and applying the chemical to make it clear we do not want any articulation of that chemical with our our food production areas, and, and they respected that, and I think they're accustomed to dealing with that. They've, yeah, the uh, fellow who dealt with us, Shane, didn't seem to be at all uh, dismissive of our Mm-mm. concerns. I think he was honoring our commitment to that and wanted to do everything he could to um, comply with it. So, Well, would you like to talk a little bit about our adventure of coming down to the farm this week? Uh, what we adventure, actually... <laughs> Amanda? <laughs> well... 
we've talked a bit about my transition from teaching at Samford and my accumulation of books, papers, et cetera, from 20 years of, of being there on the campus. And uh, so we actually, this past weekend, decided most of the books needed to to make their transition from <laughs> Samford to the farm. So I boxed them up and uh, Lee and I moved them into our pickup truck that we've nicknamed One Ho because it had the, it used to have a license plate that had one as the first letter for, L, for Bur uh, Jefferson County, where Birmingham is, as one. And then it, the second two letters were H-O. So we've nicknamed that truck One Ho. Uh, anyway, one hoe was loaded to the gills with all this paraphernalia from my office and a couple of other pieces of furniture from That's right. Here, not but, just books, but also things yes. from here at the house that we were taking down Yes, to the farm. including we had a coat rack. I mean, we looked like Ma and Pa Kettle. We really did. It was well, actually, sad. we looked like Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly, so. uh, yes, Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> with the pickup truck. That's right. And it's a 1986 pickup truck. So if you can get the picture, it's, it's sort of beat up looking. Anyway, we got down I-65 uh, with our load and probably just south of Alabaster, the car, the, I'm sorry, the truck just died. The engine just quit. So we had to call AAA for a towing job. And had a most pleasant <laughs> afternoon with the driver from, oh gosh, now I've forgotten the name of the uh, record. Ben company. Warner. Ben Warner, thank yes. you, in Birmingham. Uh, they sent their wrecker and... Um, Corey. Corey down to help us and Corey was kind enough to take us and one hoe to the farm let us unload the truck and then take it on to Parker Tire and Parker Tire's been working on it this week and every, every indication we have is that one hoe will be serviceable again although I'm not sure Amanda's ever going to trust one hoe again. I don't trust one hoe one bit <laughs> but anyway so that that was uh, our first night really it was my second night to spend at the farm but it was the first night that it was clear enough to see the moon in all its glory. And this, is, we are recording this on the 5th of November of 2009. So this was probably the 1st of November, maybe. Right. It was a full moon. And it was a full moon. And boy, was it gorgeous. It really, I guess being out in the countryside where you don't have city lights and also no tree cover right immediately around the house, it was brilliant. It, it really was that luster that you hear about in the uh, the night before Christmas, <laughs> and the luster of midday. In, you read in these organic um, farming descriptions about people's recommendations to plant crops, not only according to the season, but also according to the phases of the moon. And when you have a full moon like that, you begin to see what they mean because it's almost like daylight. It really was. It almost hurt my eyes to look up at the moon. It was so brilliant. Uh, so anyway, that was that was a pleasant surprise. Had a couple of nights like that. The other pleasant surprise was that I actually tried the outdoor shower in the mornings. I made sure that the sun was up and sun was shining on me while I was, uh, you know, because the air was a little bit nippy, probably in the... 60s, I'm guessing. Something like 50s that. 50s or 60s. 50s, probably. But it was really pleasant. So I guess I could get into it. But I am ready for an indoor shower when the temperatures drop below, let's say, 50. Uh, so that was that was fun. And um, just being standing there next to a wildflower that had a huge bee, it had a, just, a, I guess, like a bumblebee, really, on it, was just, there was something in a beautiful crystal blue sky in the background I thought, ah, this is heaven, pretty heavenly. 
And I must say that it was pretty heavenly for me, too, because whenever Amanda's taking a shower, I just go set my chair right there and uh, enjoy. Enough of that. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh, one thing that had to happen when we had the termite spray or the termite application done was that, um, or pest, pest control application, was that we had rim boards. I don't know if you need to describe what that is up against the house. You may not care, but in the process of supplying us the materials we needed for the apartment, Home Depot assumed we would need these thick um, industrial strength particle board pieces they called rim board. Scott Rupert, our framer, ended up not needing them at all. So they've been sitting there on the floor of the pole barn while I hoped to find some use for them, but they're so heavy and are not all that strong. So eventually you and I decided, you know, let's just go ahead and get rid of them. They were underfoot and we also think they were attracting vermin. Uh, so we had to move those away from the house. We just decided to have another one of our famous burn piles where we, we have so many because of the logging. We've had several of those where we've just had to clear out and old rotten wood, you know, put those sticks on the fire. So we had a, a glorious bonfire on day before yesterday, right, in which yeah. we burned up the rim board along with some other um, debris that needed to be cleared. And it was really pretty pleasant that day. Yeah, as the weather has cooled off, it becomes less uh, intimidating to build a big fire. You begin to enjoy being out um, and feeding the fire and so forth, and that's something that we expect we will probably continue to do indefinitely because we have these piles of debris all over the property. Right, right, and that'll need to be. Um, but because of the, the pest control scenario unfolding the way it did and the need to go ahead and uh, do uh, remove the rim board and clear things out and and sort of get out of the way of the people who were applying the termite um whatever that substance was called i've forgotten what it was but in the, in the process of drilling the holes not only was it very noisy you didn't really want termidor termidor that's it um and, and applying that we just needed to clear out anyway so uh, we kind of made our day's project that big fire that day, but uh, we have not tackled the deer fence yet, so that's got to come up on the radar very soon, right? It really mm -hmm. does. We know we have the material stacked, and they're ready to install. We've just got our work cut out for us, and we need to get about it. Right. So that's on the agenda to be at least begin the process in earnest this coming weekend. Would you like to talk about the energy plan you have? Yeah, developed I had a great question farm? from Sluggo on the Longleaf Breeze Social. You know, we should admit, we haven't talked about the social, have we? Um, we invite you to come and participate with the community at the Longleaf Breeze Social, which is our online discussion group. And uh, Sluggo on at the Longleaf Breeze Social asked us to update him from time to time about what we're doing by way of alternative energy. And it prompted me, and I guess to a lesser extent you, right. to be thinking, uh, why is it that we're so unexcited about that kind of conversation? And I realized that the reason you and I are not getting all excited about alternative energy is that it's really not in keeping with our basic philosophy. Our basic philosophy being not we want to produce more energy, but we want to use as little as possible. 
Right. So um, we've got a post. You and I are conti uh, continuing to work mm -hmm. on it, and we'll probably post it about the same time that uh, this podcast gets published. So chances are by the time you're listening to this, there will be a, a blog post on energy philosophy or our use of energy at the farm. I'm not quite sure what we'll call it, but uh, it'll be all about how our, what our thinking is and what we're doing to carry right. that out. Right. And of course, we have a long-term plan that is a bit more ambitious in terms of putting solar panels on our house eventually and that sort of thing, maybe, maybe even some biodiesel. But right now, we're living in what, what's available to us at the moment and within our current constraints. So. And it's all about sipping energy um, as slowly as we can rather than producing more energy to right, use. Right, that's true. Um, so. Well, I am certainly using my share of energy now at the farm because I have completed the move of my legal office to the farm. It's been a little awkward having part of... Alabama Family Law Center in long in, in friendship and part of it in Birmingham. And it's a relief to me to get everything moved down there. And it's also been interesting. This is not something I've shared with you, but this is probably the first time I've had the chance to make my own space to work hmm. in. Because in the past, I've been constrained by what was available. Right. And I have... Everything I need real close by, and um, I think it's going to be a pleasant way to practice law. Right. Well, that's good, and and I hope that eventually, once we get moved down there, I'll be able to have my, I guess, quote unquote, office space. I emailed one of uh, my uh, friends that right now my office, if you want to think of it that way, is uh, a plastic bin in which I carry all my <laughs> intercultural communication You're not resources. the bag lady, you're the bin lady. I'm the bin lady. And it goes wherever I go because I never know if I might need it. So, And, of course, my uh, Mac computer as well. So that that's my office, and I am very portable. But I, too, welcome the chance to get settled in somewhere. Let's take uh, just a few seconds apiece and talk about what it is that we do with our off-farm jobs. Um, why don't you lead off and talk a little bit about your consulting? Right. Well, my main consulting right now has been uh, as a qualified administrator of the Intercultural Development Inventory, which IDI for short. Um, I've had several groups ask me to come administer the IDI to their, uh, and that's an assessment for individual level of intercultural sensitivity. But you can also just simply report the data on a group basis. And that's pretty much what most of these people have wanted. They've wanted me to assess a group of people and often a pre-test, post-test kind of model, like to see if they, they whatever that, that group is doing, whatever intervention, from point A to point B, are they helping that group become more interculturally sensitive? So that's, that's what I've been doing right now. I hope and to, expect it to continue yes, indefinitely. Yes, I hope, I hope it will. Um, and I am a uh, divorce lawyer. I help people who know they need to divorce, who are able to be reasonably cooperative, and who want to stay that way. And I have carefully engineered my practice so it can all be done by telephone and the internet so that I don't need to maintain a physical office like a, a typical lawyer would. 
and so I can do all of my filing electronically and um, maintain the uh, legal practice on the farm. And so far, it has worked out well. Right. So we do have other lives. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it keeps us balanced. I don't know. Maybe it keeps us balanced or maybe the farm keeps us balanced. Who can Mm, say? Good point. Good point. So we look forward to keeping you updated about, just from time to time, our careers, if you want to call them that. Uh, we, we call, I call myself retired, but I'm really not completely retired because I've just changed jobs. That's and I don't even have a pretense of calling myself retired. I've just re-engineered my practice. And we look forward to visiting with you next week. Get us out of here, Adrian. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682, send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com, or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.